Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pulp Hockey Podcast with Ray Ferraro. Thank you for listening. Download it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on anywhere, really, where you can get podcasts. And also to pulphockey.com as well. Um, Great numbers for you people for downloading and and great reviews, and we really appreciate it. We're here each and every week talking hockey. Playoffs are coming, and there's going to be plenty of of things to talk about. Um, Again, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, former NHLer, now TSN lead color analyst, down in sunny Florida, Ray Ferraro. What's up, Ray? How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm enjoying a kind of a quasi day off. I got to fly to Buffalo later today, but uh, you're right. I am enjoying the the weather, and I'm in no real hurry to get to get anywhere other than where I am. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of I'm just kind of liking the uh, the warmth a little bit. It's kind of nice. Why don't you hit the course? Or do you, are you one of those guys who would never rent clubs? Like, there's no way. Uh, no, I'd rent club. Okay. I, you know what? I just, uh, I've had, uh, a pretty hellacious year of, <laughs> uh, of travel and stuff. So I get a chance to do nothing and that seems like the right thing to do today. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just in Daytona beach. It was beautiful weather. It was, it was fantastic. So, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're in Miami, the, well, Fort Lauderdale the yep. other day and, and then came to Tampa yesterday. And so this, it's three days that I'm back here next Tuesday yeah. for Toronto, and um, so we're going to spend a couple of days. Uh, family's coming down, so we'll spend a couple days in the in the warmth, which will be nice. Nice, yeah, that is good. Uh, for people who you called the Senators Tampa Bay, you called Senators uh, Panthers. Um, for people who don't know, how how strange is that arena's location out there? Right, like I I've been there twice. And the first time I went to, it was, uh, I don't even know what it was called back then when I went. Um, you're driving, and you're out in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, you're, you're going by Miami, you're going by where the Heat play, you're going by this downtown, and it is so yeah. far out there. Well, I mean, literally a half a mile away is the Everglades, where there's, you know, I don't know how big are the Everglades, yeah, 200 yes. miles of nothing. Right, right, right. And the rink, the rink is next door to that. Yeah. So... It's. I mean, they they must have had a land deal at some time. That that's why the rink is there. It, they certainly they haven't done much to make it easy to be a Florida Panthers fan. I mean, the arenas, yeah. as we talk about, in the middle of nowhere. The team has made the playoffs. Uh, I think once since 1996. Like it's been, you know, it's been barren. Yeah. For them. They, yeah. Uh, I guess they've made it twice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Two years ago. Just, yeah. yeah. It's just not. You know, I mean, why is anybody going to be excited about it? And I look at their team, and they got a lot of guys that you might be really interested in, but I don't, you know, I I don't know that you can hook them in, the fans, that is, unless you have a couple of years of sustained success, mm-hmm. and they just they just don't have that. No, very odd location for the arena. It's very odd. 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. So, um, Senator Seven, Tampa Bay Four. I watched the highlights of this. Um, I didn't hear your call, but um, wow, seven goals for the Senators. They exploded, Ray. They um, they looked like they were going to lose about five nothing in the first couple of minutes. Uh huh. Like they were, uh, Tampa was all over them. They were. They hit a crossbar. They scored a goal. They, it was the first of three by uh, uh, J.T. Miller. And mm-hmm. um, they looked, the Senators looked like they were way behind. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, when the game was one nothing, Tampa made a bit of a mistake. Sergeyev turned the puck over and uh, Ottawa scored. It was 1-1. Then they got a power play goal. Then they got a third goal. And it was like Tampa never recovered. I I don't know if they're if Tampa's asleep right now, or that, you know mm-hmm. they're kind of sleepwalking through the season. They haven't been challenged for a long time, a couple of months, and uh, really for that for that matter. And now they've played themselves into a part into a point where the position of being at the top of their of their conference and their division is in jeopardy. The Bruins are now four points back and have a couple of games in hand. They play they play three times mm-hmm. between now and the end of the year, and maybe that's. Um, Maybe that's kind of what they need because they they didn't look like a a serious contender last night. I mean they were yeah. they were sloppy and they I mean they gave up seven goals. Vasilevsky's had a tough time for even though they're winning, he's not been he's not been great. Neither have the has the team. Yeah, and so you can look at their um, at their record and say no, they're they're doing fine, but really they're not. And they they know it. The coaches know it. Um, They've got to lock their game yeah. down here in the next six weeks or five weeks. So you got that sense being around the team a little bit, where like, hey, we're we because they are doing pretty well, but things aren't clicking, right? You got that sense around the team. Well, it's not even that it's not clicking; it's just it's messy and sloppy yeah, yeah, and yeah. no detail. Like they're they give up thirty five, forty shots a night. Like you can't win in the playoffs like that. It just it's I know the shot numbers aren't the be-all, end-all, but to shoot the puck, that means you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Like, if the other team's shooting it 40 times, you don't have it. They, they're they a quick-strike offense, and maybe they can get by with that, but no team seems to ever win when that's their only way of producing offense. Yeah, I I was... Look, I, I, I've only seen Tampa twi- twice live this year, mm-hmm. so to say I'm concerned about them would be wrong, but... I know that they're not going to win if they play in a style similar to last night. Right. Uh, a couple things, Ray. Looking at the standings, and outside of uh, your Vancouver Canucks, a lot of the bottom feeders. Oh, mine. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, mine, you're mine. Vancouver. Yeah, that's where you live. That's where you live. If the um, Sabres are 5-4-1 in their last 10. Arizona is 6-3-1. Blackhawks are 5-5. Five five. Oilers are 6-4. and four. A lot of these teams that are just, they're done. They're not making the playoffs. They're, they're playing better than they ever were maybe at this point and you've you've been on these teams um that are out of it what goes on like um is it just a march to 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 the uh to the end of the season like just sort of a death march or or do you are, are some of these results we're seeing hey we're out of it let's just have fun i don't know you've been there as a player well well there's a lot of things i um, some of it, you, there are some days you're just like, man, I can't wait till this game is over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you, you're worn down by a season that hasn't gone very well for you. Uh, 
another factor is a lot of these teams have called up younger players that are um, that are playing for their position in the organization, whether it's to make the team next year or to improve their ranking. So the games mean a, a ton to these guys, yeah, yep. right? Like they're they're sure. very very important. And the third thing is the you know the other teams that are in it, they're they're playing so hard every night. It doesn't take much for you to let another team in. You know, if you come five or ten percent off your game. Now the other team plays well, they're in the game. The longer you let a team stay in it, then you've got a real problem. And that happened to Florida the other night. Mm-hmm. It happened to Tampa where Ottawa had the had the lead in Florida 2 nothing after the first. They were led 3-1 after one in Tampa. Well, now they're in the game. You've let them in. And if you don't stamp them out early, then, then you're probably yeah. in for a, a longer night. And I, I think that happens quite a bit. And then is it one of those things? So there's, there's always there's always this rule in um, there's this rule in baseball about September call-ups. Like don't really don't really get that excited. You know, it doesn't mean that this dude's going to step in next year and just kill it. Um, you know, is is that, is that also a rule in hockey a little bit with a late season call-up where you're like ah, I don't know if we can pencil this guy in for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I I think you you evaluate as best you can, and it's better to evaluate a player in the NHL than in any other league that he might be playing in, but you got to be careful towards the end of the year. You also have to be compare, uh, careful with the, the bigger picture, and that's evaluating your team mm-hmm. at the end of the year. There's lots of teams that, you know, Florida is, is on a great run right now, or I'm yeah. sorry, Arizona is on a great run right now. And do you believe that, or do you believe, like, do you believe yeah. that, okay, those younger guys are starting to figure it out? Or do you believe that nah, this is one of those late season pushes, and you have to be really honest with yourself to make the proper yeah. evaluation? Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time you hear a writer for a team say, "Wow, they really played well. They're gonna. They felt like they turned the corner, and then, then it's the same old dumpy team the next year." You know. So, and I guess with the draft lottery, tanking isn't really on your mind as much as it used to be. You know, like with with Pittsburgh back in the day or, or whatever. So. Um, you never know how you're going to do in that thing in the in the lottery. Yeah, there. I mean that that's the reason they put it in, of course. Yeah. Um, which doesn't doesn't help anybody when you play to the bottom of the of the pack and then you you know you, you drop four spots in the lottery. Hell, Buffalo's and they wake up there in last place again today. Yeah, yeah. You know they have had a pile of top two round draft picks in the last five years. The fact of the matter is they haven't done very well with them because they're in the same spot they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, another news, uh, Nashville Predators are rolling along. You wanted to talk about them last night. Big win over the Jets. Might just have given them the division last night, but um, 9-0-1 for them, so they're rolling. And uh, yeah, oh, and uh, also Ovi, 600 goals, fourth fastest to that total. If you if you adjust by error, Ray, he's, he's right up there with with maybe the best ever goal scorer that we've had. And maybe somehow, some way, Ray, Alexander Ovechkin is still underrated. You know, he maybe doesn't quite oh, I... get, you know, what we, when we talk about these great, amazing players. We got one right in front of our eyes. Well, I, I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't, I don't think he's underrated. I, yeah. I mean, what does that even mean? I mean, it's, it's not like people don't know who Ovechkin is. He's, um, He's the gold standard for goal scoring of our of our era. 
uh, of this era right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter who scores goals, they always get compared to Ovechkin. They don't get compared to anybody else. Um, 600 goals, uh, a career low of 32 goals in a season. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. like just think of that. His yeah. worst year is 32 goals. Yep. Um, the the guy has been remarkably consistent. He's been healthy. Uh, the knock on him will always be that their teams haven't won in the playoffs, but I don't see how that really should matter, whether you consider him a good goal scorer or not. Mm-hmm. That's a different conversation. Yeah, it'll be uh... – you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. This might be the year the Capitals pull together because no one's expecting them to. I mean, they are leading the division right now. And, and history has shown throughout the, the years that, cut, you know, Detroit, the Islanders back in the day, um, Pittsburgh for a while, you can't get over the hump until you all of a sudden kind of be like, well, they come, they fa- you face some criticism and then you finally get over the hump. You know what I mean? Like, it's, Yeah, I, yeah? I don't I – don't, um... I wouldn't sleep on Washington. I think they benefit this year from a, a little bit weaker division. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh's not as good as they used to be. Uh, they lost you know, a pile of guys after their second straight Stanley Cup. They don't have Marc-Andre Fleury there. Matt Murray's hurt. And Washington's kind of quietly gone about their business. I don't think anybody takes them really seriously. And I would do that at your own peril. Yeah. Because if they win the division... Say they get out of the first round like they did last year, and then they get into the second round, and the team they play is not not the same, right? It's not going to yeah. be the same. It's not going to be Pittsburgh of the past. Hell, it could be Pittsburgh again. <laughs> it probably will be. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh man, here they go again. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on Washington yet. I I think they're still a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. It uh, what a, what a what a career you said on Twitter. Uh, Mike Bossy, you put him in that Mike Bossy in that oh, kind yeah. of league, just a sniper. Nine straight, yep. fifty goal a year. Yep, yep, absolutely. And, and thirty. I forgot Brad Hall on Twitter too. I don't know how I forgot him, but yep. it you know for me the pure goal the pure goal scores are Hall, Ovechkin, and and Bossy. There's lots of other guys, yeah, of course. Are, you know, amazing players, but those are the three that that I would put at the top. Wendell got forty six one year. Good for him. Um, all right, with such a limited time in which to enjoy your watercraft, don't waste any of it worrying about how to protect your property in the event of accident or a theft. Let Wyatt Dowling assure you are properly covered. Leave your worries at the door. AllPointInsurance.ca. Uh, they have all risk, agreed value protection, uh, vermin coverage, the loss of use, water ski, waterboard coverage. We thank those guys for coming on. And uh, it is March, so you should be thinking about uncovering. That and enjoying your watercraft, allpointsinsurance.ca. So thanks to those guys as well. Ray Ferraro on the Pulp Hockey Podcast. So, Ray, this week, I didn't want to talk about goal interference, by the way, and, and neither do you, I don't think. We, we just, it's, it's well, like. It's well, a, because it's a joke. Daily, a daily thing. I watch the replays for these games and we're just like, what is going on? I just, I can't do it. So, I think. Well, it's just, it, it's the. It's the catch of football, and mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it, it's too critical to to not do anything about. But for me, it seems like the NHL's taken the position we're going to hope to hell that something doesn't happen bad, and we'll try and deal with it in the off season, which seems like a a terrible idea to me. And uh, they they apparently they put out a memo telling the teams to not criticize the rule. That's great. That'll work. Yeah, but but that's that's ridiculous too. Oh, of I course. Mean, yeah. Why why put out 
a memo. Do it internally. Don't <laughs> don't sit there and, and try and do it. You know, like yeah. you're you're trying to push the kids into a corner at, at kindergarten. Yeah. Absolutely. So we talked about this uh, on Twitter, and we got a lot of good responses from it. People love Ray's Random NHLer. They absolutely love that. We got a bunch more this week on Twitter. And uh, your memory is great. Your recollection is is fantastic of stories and events and uh, either guys you played with or guys you played against or whatever. Uh, I go back to, you know, your, when we had Timu on, Timu Solani on, and you just started making fun of his blade. You just These are things you just notice about these guys after a long, long career. So, um Let's let's do the hockey card game with, with, with Ray Ferraro. I have a set of 1990 cards in front of me, a complete set, and I am just going to pull guys out. I guess you can pass, Ray. You can pass, I guess, if you have nothing, but let's hope you have something okay. for, for everybody. You know? yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I, hope I'm, I hope I'm in the game here. I, I think you will be, and then... Uh, I got to figure out how to put these cards back in when we're done into the into the mix, and then uh, we'll take your Twitter questions too at the end. So, uh, all right, let's go. First one, here we go. I'm just reaching into there, pulling random out. Doug Smale, Winnipeg Jets. Doug Smale. Uh, very fast, really good penalty killer. Him and Laurie Boschman uh, were penalty killers together with Winnipeg, and they were a pain in the ass because they could skate. They could, I think. If you look on the back of that card, Doug Smale had a 30-goal year. Um, he was a he was a very good player. I I don't have the uh, his career stats with this deck of cards for some reason. Oh, if, what kind of cards you got there? Come uh, on, I know, right? I, everyone has has those. Uh, I believe Doug Smale because I'm uh, growing up in Winnipeg and and being around the Jets. I believe he also has the record for fastest shorthanded goal to start the game or something. Nine seconds or. Something like that. He's got some sort of record. Yeah, I know, but yep. Doug, Doug Smale could play. He's fast, and uh, he was part of those Winnipeg teams that uh, um, that were like the third best team in hockey, and they yep. couldn't get out of their division. Yeah, because yep. they'd lose to either Calgary or Edmonton every year. Absolutely. All right, let's go. Oh, you're not going to know. I don't even know this guy from the Devils, John Morris. John Moore. I do not know John Moore. Neither do I. Twenty games. Does, uh, does it say? Uh, twenty games. Defenseman for Devils, number eighty-four. A John with a J O N. A J O N too. Huh. No, right. no I, I I can't come up with John Morris. I, I'm sorry, Mister Morris. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't know who that is either. All right. Okay. Next card. Here we go. Troy Millette, Rangers. Uh, tough, big. Was involved in a Oiler Ranger trade. Um, I want to say, could he have been in the Doug Wait trade? Or but he was a he was a big he was a big power powerful guy. Kind of uh, that time frame of player, you know, like one that one that might not have played. Now I, I think he was a pretty high pick, like a second round pick or something. 20... Never scored very much, but but was really uh, really a pretty strong guy. That's what I remember about him. Ha! Huh. Drafted twenty second overall. Yeah. Good job on that. Um, and he was oh. drafted twenty second by the Rangers. And I'm just checking out. Uh... Maybe maybe a couple of no. ten or fifteen goal years, something like that. Yeah, yep, uh, 13, 12 uh, goals. Not traded oh, okay. for Doug Wade, but 
but traded for David Maley to the Oilers. And he was a, okay, so he was a Ranger Oiler guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he was a Ranger Oiler guy, exactly. In, in those years, the Rangers and the Oilers made about 25 trades. <laughs> right, right. That, 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 that's always a safe guess. Say they're just, just called up Kevin Lowe over and over. I thought, maybe not Kevin Lowe back then. Yeah. No, nah, it wasn't Kevin right. Lowe back then. Uh, oh, here's one. Called up John Mucklin. Yeah. Uh, Sergey Priakin. Sergey Priakin. Flames. Uh, played very little. Uh, mm-hmm. Winger came, like a lot of those Russian guys, came late in his career. Um, at, at that time, like they weren't coming over when they're young. But he didn't have a, he didn't have a, very much of an impact, as I remember. When and at that time, I would have been in the East, so I wouldn't have wouldn't mm-hmm. have seen a lot of those guys. I think, but he, I think maybe one or two years. Yeah, I think he was a test thing for like Makarov. Like, hey, go to Calgary. Make sure it's safe, and then we're going to send Makarov over shortly. All right, uh, next next one up. Oh, Mike Gartner. Mike Gartner. Uh, I think 717 goals was his final total. Uh-huh. Um, he scored goals that you can't score today. Um, you know, fly down the wing, uh, take a slap shot. It would beat the goalie on the far side. Um, I always kind of felt bad for him. He was one of those guys that got traded – right before the Rangers won the, the Cup in 94. Mm-hmm. They got into March. They were in first place, and they, they made about three or four trades right on deadline day, and Gardner was one of them, and that was as close as he got. He had, had a pile of 30- and 40-goal years with Washington, mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, I played against him quite a bit when, when I was in the Eastern Conference, both in Hartford, but more so when I was with the Islanders. Great skater. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, Quebec Nordiques. Love these uniforms. <laughs> I pulled Great out, uniforms. I, I pulled out Joe Sackick. <laughs> I mean, hey, this is the oh, game. Well, what would you like to know about yeah, Joe? Right, really. Chris shot got, <laughs> right. got a hole-in-one at the uh, uh, that tournament in Vail one year. Oh. He's a good golfer. Yep. Got a left-handed swing. Um, War number 88 in his rookie year before switching to 19. Yeah, I wonder why at 88. Who knows? Maybe Tony McKegg. I don't know. I don't know what the significance could have could have been, but um, it was an odd number. And he, you know, he worked his way through the first couple of years of his career in Quebec when they were always on the rumor to move, and eventually they moved to Denver, and you know, of course, went on to Hall of Fame career. He also was one of the, I would say, he was probably the most prominent guy to ever get an offer sheet. Um, mm-hmm. The, the yeah. Rangers offered him $21 million for three years, $15 million of it up front, and uh, Colorado matched it, which nobody thought they were going to be able to do. Um, I guess the other guy that got a big offer sheet was Sergei Fedorov, got one from Carolina. Oh, that's right. And uh, the, Red, the Red Wings actually matched it. Lots of hurt feelings over that one. Um. Yes. Yeah, that was uh, that was an owner's battle there. Don't you feel like Sackick, uh, he's a GM, of course, now, like we never hear from him. I I, I mean, he, he never talked much as a player, I guess, but like I just I don't feel like I read any interviews with Joe Sackick's opinion about anything. Obviously, with the Duchesne trade a little bit here and there, but generally speaking, uh, you know, media guys have their, 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 their buddies and everything else, and I don't feel like Joe Sackick has any buddies in the media. I don't hear much from him. No, I don't think, I don't think Joe – cares to have it. <laughs> right, um, right. 
you know, like he's just, he's a really quiet guy. He doesn't say a whole lot. Is, yep. You know, he doesn't come up with any opinion that is going to be controversial. So mm-hmm. if you if you look at the Duchesne trade, you know, he was getting kicked around for about six months, but he waited too long. He's yep. overplayed his hand. As it turned out, he got a really nice return for Duchesne. Yep. And so he didn't have to say much. He just went ahead and did did his job. Now, that place has been a mess for a while, and uh, it looks like they're starting to climb their way out of the hole a bit. They've had a nice year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next one. Oh, Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, Gary Lehman, 50 goal, man. Gary Lehman. Yeah, 50 goal one time, and uh, they played, they called that line the hound line with Clark and Russ Cortnell, and because uh, all three of them had played mm-hmm. it. Uh, Notre Dame uh, in Saskatchewan when they were uh, when they were teenagers and uh, Lehman was a good player. He got hurt. I'm trying to think if it was a concussion, but his career kind of went sideways. He, he was in that um, once he left Toronto, he was never you know it didn't have the same impact as he did as a Leaf. Mm-hmm. Traded for in the Gilmore trade and was kind of the centerpiece of the going back to Calgary. Didn't quite work out. Right, it's it's funny, you know. Some guys they just they fit, or it's productive for mm-hmm. them in a certain time, certain place. Yeah. And, uh For him, it was that time in Toronto. All time mullet too. All time mullet hanging out the back. Yeah, a lot of a lot of guys were working at that. All right, Islanders. This would be your 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 year. Uh, Doug Crossman. Huh, I got traded yeah. for Doug Crossman. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> Doug Crossman. Well, do you want to, you know, it was a, a flat-out steal by the Islanders. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right? So yeah. um, we we got traded for each other. We, he had a rental house. I had a, a house that I owned. We ended up switching because <laughs> uh, it was in November, and it was easy to, to do that. Um, I will say the rental house was not of the same quality as the house <laughs> that's he what, got. That's what you gave up. How does that even happen? Yeah. Like, do you guys call each other or the agents call? Like, how does that happen? Uh, no, I think we got in touch with each other. You know, I mean, we're both looking for a house in the that's hilarious. early part of November. Sure. And you need it for November, December, January, February, March, five months. Who's going to give you a lease for that? Right, right. And so, just like, why don't we just switch? And <laughs> that's kind of what happened. I got traded for it. was easy and it worked out for the for the rest of the year, and then, you know, he he left, and I left, and then came back and got new houses. I sold mine, and and then rented a new one in or a different one in Long Island. Doug Crossman, by the way, if you look at the famous Mario Lemieux goal in Hamilton that um, Canada beat Russia six five, Doug Crossman's the fifth guy on the ice. He's like the fifth Beatle. Yeah. nobody knows he's there. <laughs> right, right. There's, but Doug, but Doug Crossman had some very good years yeah. um, around that time. Yeah, I mean, you made the 87 Canada Cup. You're good, right? Like That's, that's the one, yeah. yeah. That, that was the team. And yeah. uh, I think it was Murphy and Crossman were yep. the defensemen. And then Howard, Chuck, Gretzky, Lemieux. and Lemieux. Yep. Yeah, we took great pride in Winnipeg that Dale uh, won the faceoff. Um that, that that started that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, well, you had to win the faceoff or you weren't going to get the puck. So there you go. Um, next up, another Winnipeg Jet. <laughs> this guy had had T-shirts and banners flying in Winnipeg. Sean Cronin. 
Cronin the Barbarian, oh. they called him. Yeah. He, uh, he started in Hartford. He came out of college, and we were astounded at how big he was. Oh, yeah? Like, he yeah, was a, a big mammoth. Dude? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was there in that era. He was there for quote-unquote protection or mayhem <laughs> or whatever you wanted to, right. to call it, whatever they did, right? Just, like, just, he was a big dude. I never, I never, I can't remember him being big, but yeah, I'll tell, obviously, you you know, I don't remember him being like, you know, like Jim Kite or any of these dudes. That, that guy was big, right? No, no, not yeah. tall. Yeah. He, was, he was as wide as he was tall. Right, right. Uh, in this photo of uh, the hockey card, he's got the Jofa, the Gretzky Jofa on. I guess that's probably the easiest to remove real quick. Is that why? Why would you <laughs> just think of the of the players that were wearing those things? They wouldn't have protected an egg. No, I know, right? And they got them on your head, and you know, like I don't know, just just uh, just a different time. Yeah, I don't know if we. I don't think we knew very much then, because if we did, we wouldn't have been wearing those things. I think for the Jets, if I'm if I'm if I remember right, they just he played forward or defense. It didn't matter. Like they they just he he switched positions. Just kind of like whatever, Sean. Just go out here and, you know. Yeah, he, whoever was closest to the guy he needed to look after. <laughs> right. That's the position he played. Right. Um, oh, here's one. Philadelphia Flyers. Tony Horacek. I don't know too much about Tony Horacek. Yeah. Philly Flyers. Left winger. Um, yeah, I don't. I know, did he play junior in Portland? He was. He is a left winger, by the way. Good job on that. Yeah. Um, Can you tell if he played left wing? If he played in Portland, I'm looking it up right now. Because I, I don't think he did, but he might have. He might have been involved in a trade that I was involved <laughs> in. That that's why. I'm uh, to... No, Spokane played for the Chiefs and Canloops. Yeah. So I don't. I know he wasn't there very long, but he's, a, I think, a pretty big guy. And um, But I, I don't have a great recollection. Okay. Yeah. That's two you've got me on, John Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with you missing out on some of these guys. All right. Um, Detroit Red Wings, Dave Barr. I actually played with Dave Barr in, in Hartford. He got traded. Um he uh, got traded to us. He scored in his first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in Minnesota. And then he didn't score for 30 games after that. And then they traded him again. <laughs> Poor Dave. Yeah, he is an awesome guy. Really good guy. He's been an assistant coach for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, at various stops in the NHL. He's uh, He was a penalty killer, a right winger, played some center. Um Kind of a, you know, I guess now you'd be qualified as a, a bottom six player, a depth guy. Yep. But, uh, yeah, played for a short while with him in Hartford. Always a member of that sort of Iserman, Probert, Gallant, Red Wing teams for, for a long time. Right, yeah. Be- before, he was there, I think, before the Wings really got good. Yeah. And then, you know, he was in that middle frame or middle middle stage. All right, let's uh, dig in into the box. Uh, uh, a guy named uh, Ray Bork. Oh, well, what? I mean, what a what a monster he was in Boston. He was, you know, I don't even know if they kept stats back then, but it seemed like Ray played 
you know, 26, 7, 8 minutes a night. He was, um, they'd always pair a guy with him that was, uh, it, 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 like they were the top pair. But, mm-hmm. You know, he played with Hal Gill. He, you know, he played usually with a big guy that didn't move, you know, didn't have to move around yep. too much. Bork did so much of everything. Yeah. Um, they played in that little rink. Anytime he got over the red line, he was a threat to score. And of course, you know, he ended up leaving Boston and uh, yeah. winning a Stanley Cup with with Colorado, and which was cool. I uh, like that. A, that was awesome. Yeah, just an amazing player. He was so good. I always felt didn't feel bad for Ray, but you know, he got posterized by Mario, right? In in his first uh, Mario's first ever goal. Yeah, Mar- yeah, Mario did that to a few guys. Yeah. Ray just happened to be the, there at the wrong time. Uh, New Jersey Devils, Bruce Driver. Uh, really good. Really good stay-at-home defenseman. He played University of Wisconsin. Um, excellent with his stick. Like he was, uh, he wasn't a physical guy. He was uh, poke check, deflect passes, move the puck rather simply. Um, Stanley Cup champion with the Devils. Still does PR work for them there. And uh, he, uh, he as well. I played with a teammate with for a short time with the Rangers. And uh, he, Bruce, had signed. You know, coming from the Devils, I'd signed. Mm-hmm. Coming from the Islanders, and um, you know, I was there. I guess what, sixty games, games yeah, or right, fifty right. something games, and uh, we, you know, we were teammates for a little bit. Good guy. Uh, I have not heard the term for ex NHL players works for PR now, or you mean more sort of yeah, like community it. stuff or whatever? I guess there's a little difference. Yeah, it does community relations. Yeah, yeah, and he, right. uh, you know, helps grow the game in New Jersey. He's uh, um, he's been you know been like a lot of those yeah. guys that played at that time. They they stay and they've been committed to that organization for 30 years now. Yep. All right, next one. Quebec again. Tony McKegney. Uh, I used to play in Buffalo where I started playing against him. He's big and strong. He um, could score. Uh, McKegney was always one of the guys you felt um, that he was about ready to uh, explode into a big year. Yep. And, you know, he kind of only got to a you know, to a certain uh, to a certain stage, and I want to say he had a couple of thirty goal years, maybe. Yeah, he did. I don't know. He yep. Did. No, I think he got forty once. Yep. And um, you know, but he was strong and tough guy to handle. He could really skate. He had good size, and you know, played played a long time. He had a good career. Uh, next up, Vancouver Canucks. Oh, this is the uniform. I like this one. The Canucks with the uh, circle and the skate, kind of coming at you, but after they ditched the right. V. I like this one. This was the good one. Uh, Dan Quinn, shifty center. Dan Quinn. Yep, good passer. Um, Mario Lemieux's buddy when they were in Pittsburgh. Excellent golfer. Yeah, I heard that right. He's really yeah, really like excellent sl- sl- golfer. Yeah. He uh, had a, he was a good player in Calgary, and uh, and then was traded uh, uh, from Cal. <clears throat> excuse me, was traded from Calgary and. Um, you know, like early in his career, he had the promise of some really big years that he reached in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they were, he was a high, high score, very creative player. And um, he ended up getting traded from Pittsburgh to Vancouver. And then like most of us towards the end of the career, then you start bouncing around from mm-hmm. team to team a little bit. Right. Yeah. He always was a Mario's buddy, wasn't he? Like all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They were tight. They played a lot of golf together, I think. And uh, Next up. Again, your Vancouver Canucks, Doug Lidster. Doug Lidster. Uh-huh. Um, 
played with Liddy a little bit in New York too. Um, uh, right-handed shot, uh, smart, like incredibly smart, almost like too smart that <laughs> sometimes he'd be talking about things and I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, really good guy. Yeah. Um, was, uh, was a very good defenseman, underrated defenseman in Vancouver for a long time. Years ago, he went when I- to the Rangers <clears throat> after, and um, and then was has been a coach uh, for the past twenty years or so. Years ago, when I was uh, living in Victoria, driving by Duncan, it's a little town in the island, and uh, yeah. I think there was a Doug Litzker skate shop or something. Like he's from there, or he's got a hockey shop in Duncan. Oh, they- Oh, he could have. Yeah, very yeah. possibly. I think he is from the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I just remember driving by and going, hey, Doug Litzker. Uh, all right. Uh, Peter Zezel, St. Louis Blues, Peter Zezel. Yeah, unfortunately, Peter passed away a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and um, had uh, some kind of blood disorder, I believe. And, um, man, he was a strong, really hard player to play against. He was a, a leaf and a flyer that I remember most. Um, not not an easy guy to uh, uh, not an easy guy to play against. All right, Stefan Richet. I think we did a, a random NHLer. Stefan Richet, uh, Montreal. Uh, really could shoot. Really yeah. could skate. He had a flair. Um, Fifty goal year in Montreal, which was a a big big deal for a francophone player to to score fifty goals. Um, you know, after Guy Lafleur. Um, you know, the, the search was on, and Richie answered it uh, one time, and that mm-hmm. was uh, that was an amazing year for for him and for the Canadians. But he could really scheme; he could really shoot. Yeah, he had a cannon, didn't he? Just, but yeah, like, again, like you said, like with Gartner, like that's not working today. What he used to do? Oh no! <laughs> but but the game, there's things that yeah, um, the things that don't work now that. Or work now that yep. won't work in ten years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, you know, I mean, if if it wouldn't have worked then, then nobody would have shot it from the wing. But it did work. That's how you scored, and or one of the ways you scored. So you kept doing it. Pittsburgh Penguins, Bob Airy, Bob Airy. Uh, Bob does uh, does their color now. He was a he was a rat to play against. Man, he was he <laughs> race around and crash into guys all over. Always on, not always, but. He'd get you a little bit late. He'd get you if you weren't quite paying attention. And um, this, this uh, sounds like personal experience. <laughs> Part, this, so, this sounds like personal experience, like a few times where you just well, like, no, not, I don't think he ever really got me. But he'd, he'd get the fence, right? Um, like a defenseman going back for the puck, and um, that was. Um, that was a you know he was part of a those really great Pittsburgh teams, the Stanley yeah. Cup teams. Yep. All right, next one. Uh, kind of mixing it up here. Jeff Smith, Edmonton Oilers. Jeff Smith. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you a lot on him yep. because I don't know. But he was a highly touted player. He was left-handed shot defenseman. But I, I just can't. I can't put it together. I can't come up with much there. I don't um, think. Yeah, played for the, the Fighting Sioux, six foot three defenseman. There was two Jeff Smiths, weren't there? Playing the same well, time. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it, it does seem possible with those two names clicked together. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Nordiques. Um, 
another guy you'll know uh, pretty well, Claude Loisel. Quebec Nordiques, Claude Loisel. Yeah, played with Claudie in, uh, in Long Island as well. He went on to, to work in management with Toronto. Uh, we used to call him Krusty. He was, uh, he was a Krusty sort um, <laughs> when he played. And, um, <laughs> but he, was, he, he was kind of one of, I'm sure you know one, like he's, he's kind of Krusty. He's a really good guy. He's really quietly very funny. But the demeanor yeah. else, or the, the, the shell, is, it's a little prickly. And uh, so, of course, he and I got along just fine. Right. He worked out all right, right? Um, yeah, really good on the draw. Really good face-off guy. All right. Um, New Jersey Devils, Eric Weinrich. Eric Weinrich. Uh, he ended up getting traded a whole whack of times. Yeah. And um, he, uh, he was a good player. He could move the puck. Uh, more tinted visor. Uh, in St. Louis and Vancouver when he was there. It's kind of a yellow tint uh, to keep the glare out, I guess. Yeah. And uh, But he was a very good player. Uh, all right, let's uh, dive back in here. I just pulled, pulled out Doug Lidster again. Can you believe that? Um, you got two ladies in your pack. There you go. Uh, Boston Bruins, Dave Christian. Dave Christian, who... Uh, Remember the uh, 1980 Olympic team? Yeah, he um, uh, he played more in Minnesota, I believe, than he did mm-hmm. in Boston. Right shot, he could play the power play, kill penalties. Very, very good player. And um, you're right, uh, a member of that famous Christian family from War Road, Minnesota. And um, they had the, the hockey stick company that yep. a lot of us grew up on. And yep. um, yeah, very, he, was, he, had a, he had a good career. 1990. This 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 set of cards is from 90. He was just about done by then, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he would have been in his early 20s when he yeah. um, when he played on the Olympic team. Yep. It says a right wing too. I was thought he was a center. I thought Dave Christian was a center. Maybe at one point he was. Uh, played both. Yeah. Played both. Uh, all right. Let's go. Um, oh, Luke Robitaille. Luke Robitaille, very familiar with Luke. You can talk the whole show about <laughs> 20 years he's lived in, 30 years he's lived in L.A., he's still got a French accent. Um, <laughs> right. You know, was uh, an amazing, amazing guy. He is, uh, um, you know, he's, he's always got a good person, you know, a, a good way about him. He's always positive. He's, he talks a lot. He's fun to be around. Uh, any room that he's in is kind of a better place, you know. He's one of those guys. Right. Um, seventh round pick. Yeah. Went on to, to work his way to the Hall of Fame. And uh, for people who want to know, Luke is uh, president now, I think, of the L.A. Kings. Um, and yes, when, yeah. when, when we did the uh, the silver stick exchange, I want our, our listeners to know that before Luke gave Ray the stick, they just proceeded to bust on each other for five to seven minutes. Just nonstop back and forth. I just want people to know I was. Uh, so. He's such a good guy. <laughs> right. He's such was... a good guy. Now, when I got traded to, when I got to New York, um, I signed, and so I was going to wear number twenty. And then about four weeks later, the Rangers traded for Luke from Pittsburgh. So Neil Smith called me and asked me, well, kind of told me that Luke wanted number twenty, so I had to wear something else. So I ended up with twenty-one. So then I got traded to LA, and so I got number twenty, and then Luke came to L.A., and then I had to give him number 20 again. and But this time I kind of held him up for a trip to Hawaii and <laughs> yeah. a week at a hotel. Yeah, it's fantastic. Good job by you. Um, well, you there's also that. Free toy. 
there's also that story where you guys were riding the exercise bikes you told us a few weeks ago. Um, and he was like, I'm not getting Oh, it. about the trade deadline. Yeah, I asked him if he had no trade, and yeah. he said uh, he did. And I was surprised because yeah. nobody really had many of those then. And he said, yeah, I got 13 goals, and I make $3.5 million. No trade. <laughs> no trade. Uh, all right, next up, uh, L.A. Kings' John Tonelli. Grinder. Gritty John Tonelli. Oh, yeah, but he was a... Uh, um, he was a playoff performer. He scored big goals. He was part of that, those great Islander teams where, you know, they were skilled but physical and strong. And, you know, Tonelli, Nystrom, um, Clark Gillies, you know, like just think of the, the physical nature and the production they got mm-hmm. from those three guys. And then you put in a Trotche and a Bossy. And, yeah. man, that, those were great teams. John Tonelli was a was an absolute bear to play against. Was he? He's yeah. So strong. He was, yeah. <laughs> so strong. He could skate. And um, and it, like a lot of those guys, as it as they got a little older, they were like, you know, they'd get their way through the regular mm-hmm. season. But, the you know, the money time was, was in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, he was, it seemed like he was well past his prime. He went from the Islanders and those great teams to the Calgary, and he still played pretty well in Calgary. And then next thing you know, because the Leafs and Kings had the epic 93 series, there's John Tonelli in 93, still just grinding away, you know? It's, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 He, uh, he, had a, he had a career built on, on his work, though. He yeah. wasn't going to, he wasn't going to out-finance you, but he was going to work you. Yeah. And, um, you know, multiple Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, next up, Winnipeg Jets, Dave Ellett. Dave Ellett. Uh, played one world championship with him. Um, could really shoot the puck. He was uh, kind of a quiet guy. He defended well. Was, was kind of sneaky tough. Um, you know, didn't play that way a lot, but he was, he was a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, could really shoot the puck. Part of those that era Winnipeg that we were talking about yeah. earlier, that they were very good teams. Uh, they just, man, they just couldn't get past the, the big boys. Yeah, I, my remembrance of him in Winnipeg was uh, him and Freddie Olsen playing the point and missing the net repeatedly on power plays. Just booming yeah. against the boards over and over. <laughs> it sounds hard when you shoot it that way, though. Yeah, it does. Uh, Alright, next up, um, oh, another guy you battle with for sure. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers, Shell Samuelson. Shell Samuelson. Now, Shell got traded to Pittsburgh, which mm-hmm. is, you know, where, you know, I played against him a lot with the Islanders and, uh, he's a great big guy, six foot six. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he would always be yelling at either their forwards or our bench. And <laughs> his voice was gruff. And I used to, I'm sure the, the young people won't know this, right. know this character, but cartoon character, but I used to call him Marmaduke, <laughs> like the, the big floppy right, dog. Right, right. What, <laughs> Like, that's what he looked like to me. He was just such a giant of a man. And uh, he'd be barking away down at the bench. And so I used to call him Marmaduke. He didn't like that. <laughs> Big guy, though. For, like, like nowadays with, with people are, you know, we're, I think as a society we're getting taller and bigger. And so 6'6 six, six isn't necessarily that huge anymore. But back then, he was a giant, if I remember. You know, like. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It was 6'6. Six six, yeah. I mean, it's. So they had. Their defense, they had him and Ulfie Samuelson. Yep. Uh, you know, was, you know, not an easy guy to play against. No. And then, you know, Paul Coffey. And, you know, so their defense could play and they yep. were mean. And then you'd move up front and you had all those talented forwards. What if I draw your name out of here? That'd be great. 
Um, all right, uh, Washington you Capitals. already did with the Doug Crossland trade. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, my, uh, Washington Capitals, Michael Pavanka. Michael Pavanka, who I remember hockey news saying that this dude was had the Calder Trophy on lock whatever year it was, late 80s. But you know, yeah, he was a man, an extremely skilled player. They played um, him and Dmitry Kristich and Peter Bondra together on a line. Um, when we played that 93 series against them, they were the, the top seed, and we had just squeaked into the playoffs, and um, we ended up beating them in the first round. And I played my line with Pat Flatley and Benoit Hogue, played against Pavanka the whole trip. And uh, he, he was super talented. He was not very physical. He wasn't a tough guy to play against unless he had the puck. But when he didn't have it, you could you could kind of move him around a little bit. And uh, that's you know that's what I re- I remember that he should have been a more productive guy than he was. Uh, next up, New York Islanders, Alan Kerr. Alan Kerr. So Al Kerr could skate and shoot. Unfortunately, he. Um, you know, he he was kind of a tweener. He wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't big enough to be physical enough at the NHL level at that time, and um, you know he didn't score enough to be considered one of those guys. He I think he would have been a a good player today. He would have been like a third line guy. Yeah. Um, you know his size and speed would have been like the size would have been okay. Yeah. The speed would have been good enough, and he would have been like. Third or fourth line player today. They list him as five eleven. So yeah, right. Just kind of yeah, what you said. Yeah, probably in there. And I mean, but he was tough. He could, he could mm-hmm. fight. He could skate. Um, but he didn't score enough to be that. And he didn't. He wasn't big enough to make an impact that way. He was kind of became a tweener. All right. Uh, next up, New York Honors again. Jeff Norton. Jeff Norton. Uh, Norty could Norty could play. He was a one of the most beautiful skaters that I've ever played with. Um, ran our power play, went out to San Jose after, and um, uh, played on the blue line with Sandus Ozelinch. And I just know this because Igor Larionov told me when we were at the Olympics, we were talking about mm-hmm. the teams in San Jose. And Norton and Ozelinch played on the ice almost all the time that Larionov was there. Yep. So when Larionov's line with uh, Makarov and Johan Garpenlov mm-hmm. were were on the ice. Those two guys were on the uh, were on the ice at the same time. Who's playing defense <laughs> with, the, with those the guys? <laughs> well, if they, I think they viewed it. They had the puck. Yeah, and um, they didn't have to worry about it. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, traded a ton, right? Jeff Norton moved around a ton. Um, yeah, it's you know, it, it's funny that we talk about that as fans uh, about oh look at that guy with the suitcase. He moved mm-hmm. around and. You realize none of it has anything to do with the player. Yeah. Somebody else thinks you're a better idea than the guy they got. They make a trade and yeah. off you go again. It's, it's not like you. Yeah. Not like you have a choice. Yeah, it's not like you're a, a bad dude or anything. You just yeah. Um, New York Islanders. Sometimes, sometimes you are. Yeah. Yeah. No. True. Uh, New York Islanders. Brent Sutter. Brent Sutter. This would have been near the end of his run too. Uh, Brent got traded that. Uh, what year is this? Ninety. 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 Yep. Yeah, he got traded that year to Chicago. Um, uh, I got to New York, and in short order, I, um, Pat LaFontaine wanted to be traded. I don't think it was because I got there. And then Brent <laughs> Sutter wanted to be traded. I, again, I don't think it was because of me, but 
in any case, they both got traded. But Brent was uh, Brent was one of the more skilled setters. Yeah. Um, but he uh, really good on the draw. Excellent penalty killer. Um, he could score a bit, yeah. and uh, he was he was a very good player. Had a had a long career, even when he went. You know, he wasn't done yet. I yeah. Mean, when he went to Chicago, he uh, he played quite a number of years there. Yeah, I think he was on that. Uh... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, all right, oh, another Quebec Nordique, Michelle Petit, Michael Small. Now there's a there's a guy that got bounced around. <laughs> yes, yes. Got traded a lot. Yep. And uh, he's big. He could skate. He could shoot. He um, the game. He didn't think the game real well, and that you know that probably hurt his you know that he would be as effective as he probably could have been. Um, and also two small defensemen back then, you know, people. Oh, he wasn't small. He wasn't? I thought he was. I thought he was no like a. Way. No, oh, okay. He was big. Oh, okay. Uh, Penguins, Tony Tanty. Uh, you know, made his, made his name in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, was a 40 goal scorer in Vancouver. Still lives there. He's in real estate and has done quite well for himself. And, uh, um, he was a shooter though. There, he wasn't. He wasn't going to four check for you. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to kill penalties. He was going to shoot. Yeah, and uh, he could score. Um, Buffalo Sabers, Christian Rutu, Christian Rutu, Buffalo Sabers, uh, penalty killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, got traded to Chicago for Dominic Hasek. Oh, was he in that one deal? That, he was in that deal. That was it. Yeah, I think that was the deal. Yep. And uh, so Rutu was a good player. Um, uh, you know, an agitating sort of guy um, on that team, but um, yeah, being in that trade, you know, worked out not so well for Christian, probably, but real well for for the Buffalo Sabers. Oh, Hartford Whalers, Chris Goverdes, 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 Goverdes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the first round pick of the Whalers. He was fourteenth uh, overall. Yep, and. Uh, just never, never could get any traction. Never, you know, he was a, a skater and a scorer, yep. and um, uh, actually eleventh overall. Yeah, he, just, 11th. he just couldn't crack through. Eleventh, yeah, I don't remember much about him. Wow. Huh. Yeah, he didn't. He, he wasn't able to to really make it, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, a couple more, and then we'll go to some Twitter questions. Hartford Whalers again. Peter Sidorkowicz. Eater, Sidorkowicz. Oh, Sid. Uh, Sid. <laughs> one of our goaltenders. Yep. And uh, um, was it with the expansion, Ottawa Senators, and he, I don't know how many games he lost that year because they <laughs> didn't win ever. And uh, played on uh, one world championship team uh, that I was on. He was the third goalie, and uh, we were playing Poland, which was, um, you know, where his yeah. heritage is from, where he's from. And he came into the game halfway through. They put him in, and we were up like seven or eight nothing. And uh, puck bounces over Dave Babich's stick. He like Peter had just gotten into the game, and uh, guy comes down the wing and rifles a slap shot, hit him right between the eyes, knocked him right <laughs> on his back. He'd been in the net about four seconds, oh, and we were just howling on the bench. We're like, that sucks. Oh. Not even hadn't even broken a sweat yet, and boy, he gets one right in the noodle. <laughs> You guys are laughing at this, of course, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, the poor guy, right? right? He's so excited to go in and then thunk. We always wore the cage 
Well, always wore the cage, like yep. a, the Hassett cage. Yeah. Um, never, never yep. adopted the new school. Um, all right, uh, let's do some Twitter questions, shall we? I'm on. Uh, I'm always uh, like some of these. We get these great Twitter questions from you people, but some of them are pretty random. And so, like when Kyle says, "Ray, what the hell is Trevor Linden doing in Vancouver?" <laughs> I don't know how I can, where, how do I set that up right like <laughs> well I mean Trevor's the president and um, you know the president's job in a lot of cases is to be the goal between between the owner and the general manager but they all must be on the same page because they signed the general manager for three more years in Jim Benning um, they haven't I thought that they when those guys took over this is year four mm-hmm. I thought they would really change the way they do things that they would immediately transition to, you know, getting draft picks and building uh, to the youth of their organization through, you know, through picks they acquire, and they just haven't done it. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree with the strategy. They mm-hmm. seem to be getting there now um, that in the next year or so, they're, they're probably going to have four or five pretty decent prospects, and then you have to hope that, uh, that those prospects hit. Now, no team has been – "Quote unquote screwed by the draft lottery more than the Canucks. It's just it's the way it has gone for them. They've really had some prime. You know the lottery just hasn't worked out for them. They've lost I think three. No, they've moved down both yep. times. Yep. The last two times and um, yeah, that's the way. Know, to, they, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna yep. what are you gonna do? But, but so here it is. Two years ago, they drafted only Ua Levy, who there's a lot of conflicting reports about how good he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Last year, they drafted Elias Patterson. He just set the Swedish rookie. Yeah. Points wreck. So, you know, it's what you do with the pick, I guess, that matters. Yep. Uh, from Kyle Waters, what was the craziest, stupidest, weirdest superstition you saw a player have? Boy, must be a lot. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, I, now, I never saw this, but the one, the, the stupidest one I heard was this guy would, was in a slump in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I think it was Bruce Gardner, and he used to put his sticks in the toilet. <laughs> um, because that's how they were treating him. Okay, that's the- I, I don't know how that would help or yeah, anything, yeah. but right, right. That, that's about as dumb or stupid or weird as you could get. Right, God, you must have saw a lot of dudes with a lot of them, right, over the years. Like just well, guys take their stick a certain way, put their gear on a certain way, walk into the rink a certain way, drive yeah. to the rink a certain way. Yeah, and as you get older, you go, none of it matters. I just have to play. Right. Uh, from Eric. Uh, Rankima, sorry if I butchered that. Uh, what is the oddest way, Ray, that you have found that you have heard a player found out they were traded? What was the oddest way you were told that you were traded? Uh, oddest way. Um, well, I think any way you get told it's not by your general manager is <laughs> right. Is odd. Yep. You, you had know, that. Like, yeah. How does somebody else know before you know? Mm-hmm. So I got traded twice. The first time I came home from practice in Hartford, there was a message on my home phone, which was still a thing back then. Yep. No cell phones, of yep. course. There's message lights there. I call the office. Eddie Johnson's out for lunch. I got to wait for him to come back from lunch. So I know I'm traded, but I'm, I literally pick up the hockey news and I'm going through trying to figure out which teams need a centerman <laughs> and where I could go. And I don't, I can't come up with anything. And then all of a sudden the phone rings and it's Bill Torrey, the general manager of the Islanders. So he introduces himself and I say, Oh, hi Bill. I guess I'm coming to the Islanders. 
And he says, you don't know yet? And I said, no, I haven't talked to EJ. And he's like, oh, for Christ's sake. You know what? <laughs> right. That's not how the trade call is supposed to go. Yeah. Um, and then the second time I got traded, I was with the Rangers. Phone rang at home and Landon, my son was about three or four at the time. He answers the phone and he's like, Dad, it's Colin. Which, of course, I put together as Colin Campbell, the Rangers coach. And I'm like, what does he want? So I'm like, hey, Coley, what's up? And he, uh, he says, uh, he tells me that I've been traded. Like, Neil Smith never had the balls to call me. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I, 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 I thought that was pretty, pretty bogus. <laughs> that, yeah. But that's how, that's how I found out. Well, to recruit you in free agency and then decide 60 games later, this guy's not, you know, that, that is Yeah, but really I mean, just have the, right. have the courage or right. the respect or whatever to call me, but he never did. So um, that's how I found out both times I got, oh, third time I got traded was uh, at the end of my career. And uh, Don Waddell is the general manager in Atlanta. And he called me and said, hey, look, I got a deal that I could make if you want to go. Yeah. And um, so I knew it was coming. I just didn't know where it was. And you knew you were done, too, you'd said, right? You knew that, yeah, you, that I was, was going to retire at the end of the year. Right. And so I wanted to go and try and play in the playoffs one more time. Uh, this is a good question from Ryan Nelson. Uh, most pissed off you were about a trade your team made. I remember you not being pleased about Audette for Piros. I don't know what he's Well, talking. that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was one that, you know, I mean, that, Donald was on my line. That mm-hmm. impacted me directly. Um, I, I didn't like that deal. I wasn't very happy with it. I'm just uh, trying to, you know, kind of unwind uh, some of the trades. Yeah. You know, over the years, it becomes a whole bunch of them, and you can't can't quite remember them. Um, or even like, um, not maybe not even yourself, but say uh, the whole team being pissed about no, a trade. That, yeah. that's what I'm right, right. Uh, oh, I would say uh, with the Islanders, we traded Pierre Turgeon and Vladimir Malikov to Montreal for Kirk Muller and Matthew Schneider. Yeah, and we knew Kirk didn't want to want didn't want to stay. Yep. So we traded our best forward and our best defenseman for a guy that was going to move at the end of the year. We're like, this is so ridiculous. Right. It was a terrible trade. Um, All right, from Patrick Gill. What do you think about the Hurricanes bringing back the Whalers jersey? I would like to see them play a game in those uniforms, maybe exhibition game back in Hartford. And, of course, this goes the the new owner of the uh, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Durden, was wearing a Whaler jersey. I saw him, or a Whaler t-shirt or something. I saw a photo of him. Yeah, yeah, I I like that they, you know, you you kind of connect to your past. They have done everything to kind of eliminate the past, uh, the the connection to Hartford. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they can play an exhibition game in Hartford. I think it would be awesome. There's a great many people that have always hung on to the hope, whether it's possible or not, and I don't think it is that an NHL team could move back there. But uh, I think it would be really well received. Uh, from um, from Mike Collins. Ray, is there any way to get rid of the shootout that the league and the players and owners can agree on? What do you think? Is that is, uh, is it here I to stay? I don't see it. I, uh, you know, they want a resolution in every game. They don't want a tie, um, you know, which is the reason they went to the shootout. And so I, I don't see a way that they can, in the regular season, they're not going to play never-ending overtime because the teams, in a lot of cases, they got to jump on a plane and play the next day. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I don't see any way that, it's, that it leaves. Joel Yinger says, uh, you've played on the island, so you're in a better position than most to pretend you're John Tavares. 
be nice if you were John Tavares, all right? Um, That'd be a nice decision. Safe to say you aren't making the playoffs. Do you stay or go in the offseason? We've asked this a few times, but not in a while. So we're March 14th today. What do you think Tavares is doing now? Oh, man, I mean, it's just a guess because he, he said nothing. Right. Um, I don't know why he would go back, in particular with the arena the way it is, that there's still uncertainty about it. Um, they haven't shown a whole lot of progress, and he's going to have several options. It's not like he's got one or two options. I, you know, I guess you have to see what options are really available at the end of the year and make your decision, but it seems like he wants to stay. I just don't know if it's going to be very easy for him to stay. Yeah, like they got to give him something, right? Um, some reason. Like, please, stay. Uh, from Beach. How nervous was Ray before his first NHL game? And also describe the feeling of putting on an NHL jersey for the first time. Uh, it's a realization of my dream, right? Yeah. I was 20 yeah. years old, and um, my entire life that I can remember since I was five years old, that's all I wanted to do, and then I, I get to do it. As far as being nervous, I was terrified. I was petrified. <laughs> where was uh, it? Know, like, where, where was it? Oh, I was in Hartford. We were playing against Boston. Okay. And, um, and then my, that was my team growing up. And I'm like, man, look at them. They're right over there. You know, when you're skating around <laughs> right. and warm up, it was right. It was more than a little little awesome. That's for sure. I was. I, I it was it was just a great great day. How'd you do? I uh, didn't play very much. No. Didn't do much. Yeah. Uh, the next night we went to Montreal and I got a goal and three assists, and that was much better. Yeah, that's that's much better, right? Uh, last one from Gord Miller at TSN. Ray, do you oh, yeah. do you know how to use an ATM? Have you ever done it? What what is the story? Asking for a friend. What is the story behind this one? I rarely, if ever, have cash with me, <laughs> and so we'll go to a press meal, and you got to pay with cash, and yep. I don't have it, so he's got to pay, or Chris Cuthbert's got to pay. <laughs> I don't have cash. And on the I don't either. even. I don't even pretend to, oh, gee, I'm sorry. I just walk in there and wait for them to pay, and then I, I buy them a beer after the game. It all gets evened out. Right, right. Just, um, so the answer is I do know how to use it. Mm-hmm. I choose not to use it. I never have cash on me either. Like, seriously, I never do. But So these things only take cash? Like, there's no, there's nothing else? Yeah, the press rooms? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they take cash, and, you know, I guess it it wouldn't be that hard to, get some cash because I know once in a while I should pay, but yeah. Um, yeah, I just choose not to. Right, right. And the fact that it bugs him makes it even better. Yeah, it's, you're just going to keep doing it for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Well, good times. Uh, another uh, exciting edition of Paul Pocky Podcast. I think people dug those cards, right? I think we can do them again down the road or something. People, We can do them. New yeah. year. Yeah. New years and just see what you know, right? Yeah, just keep keep pulling it and then the fact that you have such a great memory for all, all these guys you played with and against and everything else i think just just adds yeah, to i it, think you know? just two misses two swings and yeah misses, yeah not bad yeah not yeah not so bad exactly all right ray well enjoy your week enjoy your day in florida and um um yeah man thanks for thanks everybody for listening again get it on itunes stitcher anywhere you get podcasts or just the old-fashioned way pulphockey.com it uh will be here each and every week talking hockey so thanks to uh, ray ferraro thanks uh thanks for coming on You bet you guys, everybody, thanks for listening. Let us know what you think, and uh, we'll be back at it next Wednesday.